0: Yes, welcome to the pod this week. I'm one of your hosts, Stefan Turcott. Alongside me is... Ed Kay. Yep.
1: And across from them is Brian Tesla.
0: This is correct. We now have our locations Mm -hmm. pinned. Um, We like to start off the show. This is season two, episode two. And uh, we like to start off the show with a little bit of the events we've been to and the
1: events coming up in the last couple weeks. So... Just to be able to start off, it's a big thank you to... Everyone who's come back and started listening to us again—it's nice to know that we have a small bit of followers. But you
0: know. yeah, stick with us. Our personalities will yeah. slowly get better. Maybe not ads, but it's yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> did anyone go to any beer events over the last two weeks? It's been two weeks since our last. I've month. just been to Smiths a bunch of times, but I, I did not go. For,
1: I did not go to beer. <laughs> 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 they keep throwing them out, but you just yeah. them
2: out.
1: <laughs> They
0: keep finding me <laughs> in the corner,
2: yeah. and it's like, "I'm back." Yeah. Uh, Ace Brewing thing last Thursday at Smiths. Went to that. Tried yeah. all the beers. Cool. A couple of flights, a couple of pints. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then so there was good. the Absolutely. craft beer show. Yeah, the, the Christmas craft beer show, which was interesting and um, better lineup of beers this year for sure. Oh, cool. Was it the same band? Same band every year. Nice. Was it a slaughterfest too? I, I feel like someone's connected in some way. But anyways, okay. um, same songs too. <laughs> I mean, you knew if this it's outlet. broke, why oh, yeah. fix it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they had um, some up, which was nice. Good nice. palate cleanser. Yep. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, some garden path. The joiner wasn't on until the next day, but they had, like, jelly kings, some bench. This is new for the Christmas craft Yeah, show. it used to it be is, just,
1: uh, like, pretty local, local BC, so they're yeah. adding in some other stuff. Did mm-hmm. you see a lot of, like, people getting, like, shit-faced? And oh, yeah. All the stuff. I remember when I was here last year, Wade walked in, and he's just it's like craft beer shows, just yeah, selling, neat. and somebody puked all over my, my booth. So I yeah. came here and just like left and came here. It's fine. <laughs> Apparently
2: Saturday is a karma crowd. It's like the opposite of Great Canadian Beer Fest. And Friday is like people have to work. Like yeah, let's get hammered. Yeah, yeah, as long as I put on a Santa hat, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing, there's a weird comp. I mean, it makes sense for a big thing like that. It's almost like a trade show. It's like there were craft beers and then there were not so craft beers, like Whistler. And then they have one that I haven't even heard of before called Canter oh it's like Yeah, They made like a Canterbury Dark Mild and something else. I can't remember the name of the brew, but it's basically caribou under okay. a different name. Okay. Which I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And they had some newer stuff like a uh, Cliffside. Canterbury
1: genuine draft.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five point five percent. They had Cliffside and a few newer ones from Up Island stuff too. Okay. Uh, oh, thousand. I heard um, Russell was bringing a smoked white stout. Did you try it? Yes, it was bourbon barrel aged Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Had all bourbon chips in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. $70 a pour or
2: something. Well, I mean, it's tokens, right?
1: I know, but <laughs> the joke from their last, like, 355 milk can was like, oh. it was like a $12 <sighs> 355 milk can because they, like, over-reduced the, the, the thing and, like, they just pumped it into agricultural barrels. I'm like, oh, it's a rum-aged stout. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we left it on too long. Well. Anyway, that's not cool so.
2: <laughs> Cool, um, anything coming up over the next couple of weeks you can think of? Uh, the only big thing I can think of is There's a Cigar City launch at the Drake on the 14th um, Are they
0: bringing Hunapu? Was, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, This is the only one that's going to survive <laughs> the aging process <laughs> yeah, It might right. get better um, on the trip,
2: right? Yeah, the okay. IPA was great when I tried it The JLI. I would pour yeah. it it oh really That was, like, oh, yeah, was so bad well
0: I, I've it had, had it a couple years ago game. and it was fantastic but I had a fairly fresh can I think really. he would only I think months Mike months would
1: only agree so. to doing the, the event if the beers were a bit fresher so yeah, yeah they might yeah they're, they're pretty he st- would not they're pretty strict with the Drake about so, uh, deep code for, so yeah, and it, that's that's CBI so if they were gonna like sell something to him then yeah he would have to have something worthwhile like Mike wouldn't fucking put up with that
2: shit it's so. just been that first batch Yep. Uh, there's an anniversary up at, is it, Land- I think, Land and Seas anniversary? Yep, it's their first anniversary, Yeah. Saturday. And that's about it, like, Christmas time, it really slows down. Oh, and Lighthouse is putting out her barley wine. Oh, I know, I'm going to go and pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> of course you are. Barley wine <laughs> is, is life. It is it life. It is life. life. It's Hashtag. It's one, but it's, I looked at the bottle after I it, was like 8.5%. Ah. Smash, <laughs> smash the patriarchy. Yeah. Patriarchy. Patriarchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, cool.
0: Okay, All right. uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with a little bit of beer news and then the uh, main event. With it, our guest tonight. Yes, but we won't uh, introduce
1: just quite yet.
0: Okay, welcome back. Time for the second runnings of the mash. That's what we say. In the oh, main- yeah, that's what you that's um, what, you what to I say. say yeah. Don't yeah. um, tell us these things. Anymore. We're gonna talk a little bit of beer news and then move on to our main piece today. Um, first today we kind of have to mention because a giant story in craft beer broke today. And this is a surprise. And God doesn't and, and, even know this. Story. And I don't even think you know it. Um, I'm waiting with baited breath. <laughs> okay. Well, bait your fucking breath, okay? Because Ballast Point sold again today.
2: <laughs> so, okay,
0: so okay. what's your initial reaction to this story? Sloppy seconds. <laughs> okay. Wait for it. you got to wait for who they sold to.
2: Okay.
0: So uh, Ballast Point sold to a brand called Kings and Convicts Brewing Company, hmm. uh, a brewery that brewed less than 6,000 barrels of beer oh. last year of Chicago. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> Bought you know a billion-dollar
0: brewing company. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because Ballast Point was the biggest story in craft beer for a while, being mm. the biggest purchase that we had seen. And mm-hmm. then the tiniest brewery out of Chicago buys them. Well, we they didn't buy all of it. They kept uh, Constellation Brands, who was the owner, kept the Virginia Brewery and, and Brewpub.
1: Oh. Uh, but why that all the
0: San Diego stuff that. got sold to um, Kings and Convicts.
1: Used to, yeah, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That came up here and was like. Create ballast points here, and then, like, within five minutes, like, well, they sold, so no one wants to drink it anymore.
0: Yeah, so the owner and CEO of uh, Kings and Convicts says, We're going to get back to being craft and we're going to start innovating again. So I think this might be like Kings and Convicts, like, maybe bringing small or batch brewing back to ballast point. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, which I was like that victory at sea. Oh, so Victorius, is awesome, and some of the variants are so good too. Mm-hmm. That's the
1: Imperial Porter, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, delicious. That was one of the very first beers I had at the Drake when I first moved here. Vanilla um, Scul- C.
0: So for me, like our brewery, like when we opened our craft beer pub in Korea, like Sculpin was like the best IPA I'd ever had. Habanero Sculpin. No, just the regular one. <laughs> um, I mean, some of the variants were the habanero one. I like it was
1: interesting, but I, you can't drink. I'm more of a mango rod kind of guy, ah, okay. so that's. I, I had you as grapefruit, bro. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> grapefruit, <laughs> bro. grapefruit. You're more
0: bro. of a pineapple guy, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> just insane news. I mean, we talked about uh, It's what, amazing.
1: Well, like, we've talked about like where the industry could go with the purchasing of like from all the big brands, and the big brands are probably realizable, we bought these brands and we're not really going to do much with them, now. we have them, we're like we don't, the people, once people are realizing that we've purchased them, we don't, people don't want to buy them.
0: So um, the decline since 2016 is pretty stark, it's in the article here, um, Ballast Point went from a high of 431,000 barrels of beer. Down this year, at the end of the year, they'll barely make two hundred thousand. So about uh, over a fifty percent reduction in uh, output as a brewery, in the middle of opening a second brewery in Virginia, it's pretty telling. So
3: yeah.
0: I'm sure they bought it on the cheap. Was last time you cheap. bought
1: Ballast Point? Would you buy Ballast Point now? I'd buy Victor at C. If
0: I uh, so, I think that, that was by the last bottle I, I bought about a year Victor ago. i saw Victor at Sea uh-huh. lately yeah.
1: around here for some reason. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. but I mean. Sculpin grapefruit sculpting, I'd, I'd rather buy a fresh fat tug mm. any day. Yeah, I mean it's brewed right here. It tastes, it's in a similar vein, and it yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's the same kind of idea. Yep. It's it, and it's cheaper. Grabbing the grape. Yeah, it's <laughs> cheaper. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. But I do have a, a, a place in my heart for sculpin. Mm-hmm. And when I was in San Diego a couple of years ago, I did go there, and mm-hmm. like their stuff is
1: amazing. Like well, it's like plenty. It's like yeah. if plenty was on the shelves here. And it was the price we probably think we know what we'd buy it for would we buy it no yeah so that's um
0: anyway it said the other cool thing about this story um is that they had toured ballast point and loved the employees uh and there's 560 employees at ballast point that they're taking on with this purchase they're keeping all of them and they're going to add 70 new hires okay. so kind of the opposite of what a big company would do if they bought ballast point which would be like Got it. They're like, no, no. We need to add more care, like people to this company, like and and more interesting salesmen or something like that. I don't know.
1: It's really interesting to see all the uh, acquisitions happening in in the barrel and where these companies are taking them. or I guess I guess these two guys are not a company. They're just people who got money. Yeah,
0: I have a feeling, like Ballast Point, like. They are the originators in San Diego. Like, they started the homebrew shop that kind of started it all there. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if they have new ownership, I think the San Diego people will come back to them, which is a big thing for them. They have four places in San Diego, so they need you to do well at them. That cool. Yeah. Anyway, that was the big news. Big, that's um, big news. Yeah. Cool development. My yeah. news
1: is nowhere near as closely big as what you're... But talking. it's more important. Well, it's kind of like a tenth of it being important, but yeah. Well, we'll let the listeners decide what is important and what is not important. Um, just scrolling through a few things today, I came across um, an article, and it's not even about news, it's more like someone writing articles through a magazine called uh, Gear Patrol Online, and talking about uh, 15 most underrated beers in the world. And, you know, this could be really anyone's list, and someone just wrote an article about it. And I found it kind of interesting, because we've had a couple of the beers, or at least one of the beers on here, and we've seen a couple of them around town um there's no canadian beers on here unfortunately so um hmm. no some of the beers they're talking about capella porter from ecliptic and he is one of the originators at deschutes yeah he went and started his own brewery yeah, yeah and capella porter is fucking delicious oh it is it, it
0: was is we were just there and it was my favorite they had at yeah.
1: the pub it's a very and like it comes up here and like you find it like you know classic you know victoria stories and you find it like it's a year old and still cracking it. it's still delicious like it's a very good beer it's really well made and you know it's funny to see this person's view on you know what you know underrated beers are it's like Pilsner Urkel um, a couple of North Coast beers like um, their tart Cherry Berliner um, hmm. then uh, Georgetown uh, Boda. Hill you like, you uh, you see that everywhere, in yeah. Yeah, and it's, the it, the was on the,
2: it was on the Clipper. It's the Fat Tug of Washington. Yeah. State.
1: yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, it yeah, and yeah, it was, it was decent. It wasn't, it was no uh, Kraken from Fremont, but right, I, <laughs> but still, like <laughs> then you got London Pride from Fuller's. You've got um, how do you say the Roche beer one that came in Schlanker. yeah. Cool. And you guys were saying before how great you find that. And I just I, like,
0: I think remember we did the smoke beer episode last uh-huh. season, and like. I was trying to find that beer because I was like, this mm-hmm. is the one we're missing, one we uh, and but couldn't find it here. It's just not in BC at the moment. It's too bad because it's a beer that can travel well. But I feel
1: like I've world. seen it, and that's the really mm-hmm. weird part is I think... This one says Mar. It says Marzen on the picture, but it.
0: So that's the base beer. Yeah. They add smoke to their beers, but like they have different base beers. So it's a, a März as the base beer, okay. which is nice because it's got that like sweet. It's a lager, but it's got that sweet malt character to it, so holds which up to goes the, well. The bitterness
1: of the smoke when they pump it in. Yeah,
0: but it just it literally tastes like candied bacon. It's delicious. Yeah.
1: The funny thing I thought about this whole list was he's got heady he's got heady topper on it, Okay. which is. Like, he's got Saison Dupont on here too which mm-hmm. I feel is a good rendition of like a very underrated beer because people like, we, had, we had it on the show and we talked about like it's a perfect rendition of like the French Saison no, no, no it sits on the shelves here at yeah. six bucks It's like, six bucks That's nothing for a 750 yeah. it's like one of the best beers in the world but then Hedy Topper's on here and like you know that's that's like a iconic IPA like well it's an
0: IPA that started
1: IPA the Hayes <laughs> yeah. right sort
0: yeah. of um, so, so it begs the question:
1: What is our yeah. our version of this? You
2: know? Yeah. Anyone? Wells banana beer. <laughs> I'm kidding. I saw that <laughs> today too. Banana, banana bread beer. Love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, really.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Arcus Pilsner sometimes because you know it's. I still it, buy it. Yeah. So when I want Pilsner, I buy Arcus. Yeah. You were at we we're at Smiths today. You having you is that the one you're having? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's dope. Uh-huh. Not not super hoppy, but like it's great
2: Pilsner. Some of the like old school Lambics aren't hyped up like Hansen's, for example. Yeah.
0: Maybe I was gonna say like yeah, Kuvé Renee, Lindemann's. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah. It's always good. Um, it's like five bucks a a, some, a bottle. Yeah.
2: I'm trying to think. It's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought
0: that D A B that we opened in the German Pilsner episode was pretty damn good <laughs> right. too. Yeah. At like two fifty a
2: can. True. True. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, oh. but yeah, send it into the to the to the Instagram if you guys think what your underrated beers would be. Even the though a little interactive uh, mashing in for the day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much any
0: ESB.
3: Okay. <laughs> Generally well, too much,
2: London Bride. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's on
0: there, yeah. that's really, that was his choice. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. barley wine. He these two super new. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So, but okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're going to take another break Uh, when we come back we are talking uh,
1: beer and wine hybrids Hybrids. and we've got a really special guest who is do we want to say the expert or at least has been at the forefront of this uh, area for a while okay
0: Welcome back to our third runnings, third and final runnings. Our a... beer segment. Um, in this segment we like to usually pick
1: like an ingredient or a style. Today so we pick kind of both. Right? Pick the newer style too. I guess something that's been kind of popping up a lot more now. We were seeing you know, a lot of it happen with some of our more rare beers, and then people have really tackled it head on. Um, so I guess without further ado. We so what is about, it? It's, Beer-wine hybrids. Okay. And you're seeing a lot of it right now. Um, Some people don't call it that on their bottles. They just say they've introduced wine. It's it's the introducing of wine. So not barrel aging in wine barrels. It's introducing the grapes or the must or the juice into whether it's a saison or sour or whatever it is. Like that's – it's the combination and, you know, we'll get into more about um, where we think this style is going. But – the style essence is a saison or sour that we've sort of decided to be that has the introduction of wine to it, but not aged in barrels.
0: But can be. But can be. Yes. Um. And so we have a special
1: guest. Do you want to introduce him? So we have um, the winemaker of Avril Creek. You can say hello. Hello. He's been here the whole time. <laughs> Brent Rowland. Roland.
3: Roland. Yeah. Roland.
1: Yep. Canadian-born. I I I won't give you too much ado. Um. But, you know, studied in Adelaide, you've got eight, how many crushes under your belt?
3: Uh, 19. 19? national Harvest, yeah. That's is that how you measure a winemaker,
0: is the amount of crushes
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many countries? four. Yeah. And, you know, you've been to, you know, the likes of Escarpment Winery, calera in california um by far you know that was where you know yeah yeah
3: so basically um i was kind of i would say lucky and at, uh, at the same time as um i kind of wanted to really work for people that i thought like i love pinot and chard that's my jam but i didn't want to just go to burgundy and learn a recipe because they're they're really tight on rules and you can't really experiment and this is just what they do and you leave and you don't learn a lot. So what I wanted to do is focus on producers that I thought took that Burgundian ethos and adapted it to their specific region. So instead of learning answers, I wanted to learn problem solving skills. (laughs) So, um, and I'm very fortunate that uh, these guys let me work with them, uh, for them with them. Um, so the first place was Claire. If you look at the kind of world of, of Pinot and Chard, you've got DRC and Dujac in Burgundy, which are the OGs of whole bunch of fermentation, wild fermentation, biodynamic natural-ish wines, even though they don't stand on their soapbox and say that, they basically are. And then their disciples, they've got four disciples in the New World. They've got, by far in Australia, Escarpment in New Zealand, Calera in California and Christum in Oregon so I worked for three of the four Um, um, and was they they were amazing so open to knowledge and really again yeah give me those skills to because the whole goal was to eventually come back to the west coast and have a tool belt of skills to really kind of not emulate another region, but figure out be a little bit more ostentatious instead of like, oh, here's our Bordeaux blend, here's our Burgundy and Chardonnay, here's our alsatian Riesling, here's our Meritage. Yeah, I wanted to be a, I wanted to come back and really f- figure out what this region can do.
0: Is there something that those regions have in common, or is there something in common
3: between Pinot and Chard that makes them grow
0: in similar regions?
3: Yeah, and the more and the more I travel, the more. I think it's like allowing the varietal to speak in the glass Mm -hmm. is the common denominator with all these guys. Like you go Mm -hmm. there and they all have their different theory of why, but there's a common denominator between all these guys. And it is really, from my experience of traveling with all these guys, like, you know, escarpments in the middle of New Zealand, Calera's in California. And I went to Calera before I went there. So Calera is a pretty iconic place. This this guy worked for... um, Aubert de Villan at Domaine romani Conti in 1974 just knocked on the door, and this guy instilled in him that, you know, uh, limestone's fundamental in in Pinot. So, he came back to California, bought a Volkswagen. I was telling these guys, bought a Volkswagen Combi van and drove around with a bottle of hydrochloric acid for two years, trying to find limestone. He found it up on the mountain, in in the, in just outside of Hollister in California, which is about an hour and a half inland from Santa Cruz, and. You know, I'd had Calera wines before and I was always it was, oh it's very Burgundian no they're not they're not Burgundian at all they're very big opulent pinots and driving up to this place I shit you know I'm driving on the road there's fucking tarantulas and wild boar and it's like a desert I'm like what the fuck pinot fucking grows here and get there and I, I got the Burgundian connection is like I could be standing in a vineyard throw a rock hit the other vineyard I made the wines. They, we did. We treated them all exactly the same, and they were completely different. And that is very Burgundian. Like it's mm. the aspect and the soil and and how they're how they're the, the soil composition and and, and you know how
0: which way they're facing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Hmm.
3: Hmm. Um, yeah. I lost my
0: track between the thought there and bulldozers. Cool. <laughs> you think Pinots and shards are will
3: can do well on the island? Hundred percent. Yeah. So Pinot. Uh, sorry, our island, Vancouver Island. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pinot is, is proven. you are kind of seeing it, right? And that's, that was the biggest surprise for me, actually. Coming here, you know, I'm, I always wanted to get back to the West Coast and, you know, got a pretty solid pedigree of the places that I've worked. And thought, well, yeah, I'm going to the West Coast, but it's a lifestyle change and the quality of the wines aren't going to be quite what I'm used to working with. But, hey, you know, I can surf and sail and, you know, live a good life. But, man, last year I got here, I landed, and I was like, how come the world doesn't know about this? It's mm. it's untapped here. Pinot is is going to be amazing. And I'm, I'm definitely thinking that Chardonnay is going to be right there, too. I got here, and I was oh, no, Chardonnay can't ripen here. I don't buy that. How can this be the one place on earth that you can ripen Pinot but not chard? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be grafting over a couple acres of chard this year as a little trial, mm-hmm. just because maybe Andy doesn't quite believe me yet, so you're not ready to record. And, and where up. do you work right now? Avril Creek. Yep. Just outside of Duncan. Yeah. In and Valley. Well, yeah.
1: So you were one of the big game changers, or I guess you started up and took them where they were for Pearl, Mor- Pearl Morissette in
3: Niagara. Yeah, yeah, I started there, worked there for the last three and a half, four years and and I definitely like to think I was a big part of the building that project to where it is today and yeah. And the biggest thing, uh, well, that's not the biggest thing, but one of the
1: cooler things that you were able to do there too was meet up with Matt Park from
3: Burdock. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, like... Old smokey eyes. M- old Smoky yeah. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Making the wines the way that I do. So, you know, again, with that whole, you know, my whole approach is to really just guide the wines through. And, you know, conventional wisdom, you've got you know, marketing team or a winemaking team says the wine has to taste like this. So, you know, the winemaking team makes all the decisions to get to that destination. For me, the wines come in and I, you know, guide them along, give them a little nudge here, a little nudge there, but really allow them to express themselves in the glass. And so the vintage, the variety in the region speak in the glass and not kind of any winemaker tricks. So, and that is met with a lot of uh, animosity by conventional winemakers for whatever reason it's against what they do and it's not an insult I'm not saying I'm not sanctimonious saying this is the only way you can do it and this is the best I'm just these are the wines that I like to drink so that's the wines that I like to make so I didn't have a lot of say uh, camaraderie in the wine world out there but I did have a lot of camaraderie in the beer world so Matt Park was a great dude he'd just come out and we'd just hang out at the winery and he'd get out of the city and we just drink beer drink wine talk shit and really just kind of fermentation was what was was the common denominator and i think too when you're making wines that are alive and beers that are alive i yeah. think those flavor compounds are really kind of kind of amal- amalgamated into each other and there, there's a lot of similarities
0: yeah we make beer in a similar way like we try to make it one way but if it's in the tank and not tasting that way we either dump it or we take it you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to get to the destination that we maybe thought it might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we, I think sour that's, beer making is a similar approach. And that's exciting.
3: Yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah. It's so boring making a yeah, recipe, especially a yeah. brewer like I know. I mean, if you're just sitting there doing the same thing, you're gonna go crazy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I know. Yeah,
1: if you're yeah, if you're relying on what you know just to kind of like keep going and fill your day, and that's fine.
0: I, I thought it's kind of interesting though that you say that like people, you know, they they want to to be here, but like back in France, like. Like you were saying they wouldn't do that they would want the region and those small like varietals to speak for
3: themselves or Italy as well right well so it's, why it's we're an infant in the global context yeah, of wine. yeah. Mm-hmm. so we're in stage one which is emulation you look at any emerging okay. wine region yeah. and they emulate because they're number one you have to prove that you can make wine there mm. you know so it's that's I've, I've, I think like okay Vancouver Island's stage one we've proven we can make wine now stage two okay now we can experiment let's figure out what we can you know we've proven that we got a bit of street cred now let's you know really kind of figure out what we can do and what we can do well Mm -hmm. so where that is is who knows but that's the fun that's why i'm here and that's the fun part of my job really Mm -hmm. is that um like
1: taking the pinot out of the out of france like is it almost like cool to call that same name because it, if it grows somewhere else... Oh, I think so. No, parameter. I think so.
3: I think there's enough of a... I mean, and that's the classics. Like, I'm, there's definitely no scenario where I'm being esoteric just to be esoteric or pushing them so far to make sure they're different. I'm not doing that either. Like, you know, the Capino is has a, those common denominators, but how it expresses itself in the and Valley is going to be different. And that's what Josh Jensen said to me when I was at Calera. He's like, this isn't Burgundy. People say that. I don't say that. He's like, we're not Burgundy. We're California. The wines are going to be bigger. They're going to be 14.5%, 15%. We're a warm climate. If you don't like that, then you don't like California wine. But that's all I'm offering mm-hmm. is a California wine that's been influenced um, with the Burgundian ethos mm-hmm. and respects the process, but has, you have to adapt to your own region. Make it, it's, I, I call it like Making intelligent responses to the environment you're in instead of just forcing the status quo down yeah. the throat of... Do you consumer. think,
0: then, that we have a problem right now where people only buy wine by varietal? Because, 100%. Because, basically, when you go to a wine store now, we've gone, what, 20 years ago you bought wine by region, mm-hmm. or maybe 30 years ago. Now everyone buys wine by varietal, but, like, you're saying, like, Pinot from France, Pinot from California, Pinot from Vancouver Island is completely different, so, like, buying Pinot by varietal almost
3: seems ludicrous. Yeah. Well, it's not... I get it. I really do. It's, like... Not everyone's nerdy like us. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people are just oh fuck. They look it's at a, a menu normal. and there's you know go to an Asian restaurant and you're like you go to a Chinese. Restaurant, there's oh, there's wow. old cheese? Just, just. I'm I'm in my comfort zone. Just, yeah. just, just <laughs> me too. But. Well, well, no, but I'm saying just give me what you think is good. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. so it's intimidating to to to. Yes. So people, oh shit, they're at a find. I'm gonna yeah. date with this woman. You know, yeah. so I I really I get it. But I'm trying to recalibrate people's thought process, so I'm doing a lot of field blends where I don't tell people what's in the wine. Mm. So I've got a red, a white, and a rose, and I'm not even telling my staff, they don't know. Because mm. it's unimportant. These are really about the clear segue from the vineyard to the, to, and I'm, then I've got the classics that are classic, like the Pinot Noir, the Gris, the Grigio, mm-hmm. those are classics and they'll be a little bit more, they still have my influence, they're still wild fermentation, nothing added, no yeast, no enzymes, no nutrients, unfiltered, unfiltered. and Mimmel a little bit yeah. at the end but the, yeah. the fuel blends nothing well actually no I'm pragmatic not dogmatic so what I do is I'll <laughs> do bench trials so I'll put I'm a hedonist the wines have to give pleasure fundamentally so I'll um, never compromise quality for um, ideology so it has to be pleasurable so I'll take a wine put it in a glass put like a little glass top on it so fruit flies don't get in, and look at it over two, three, four weeks and see how it travels. And if it's stable after two weeks, I don't need to add sulfur, so that'll be a sulfur-free one. (laughs) If it's starting to develop a bit of VA and going feral, going microbial, okay, I'll throw a a little dusting. But, I mean, what I throw is, like, most people would probably call it sulfur-free, even if they, because it's all consumed and there's no free sulfur. It's just like, or like, you know, you, you can... Most guys are like 50 parts free. I'm four. (laughs) Okay. So it's essentially sulfur free.
0: Okay. Uh, I think we're going to jump into our first beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about it because I made it. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. crazy, right? Uh, It just so happens that we. this is the start of a couple of um, beer-wine hybrids we did here at Il Sauvage um, with Rathjean Cellars just because they're fucking so close. And And, awesome. And Mm -hmm. Mike there is a really nice guy, and he was like, I've got all this, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Is it pumice or pumice? Yeah, pumice is fine. Pumice is fine. Well, is it
3: uh, after the press?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Direct, right after the press. So the night of the press, we were going out and grabbing um, garbage bins, like clean, brand new garbage bins full (laughs) of them and bringing them back here. So this is the first one. We've got two more in tank that we won't be releasing for a little while. One of them's a pinot. I might give you a sneak from the tank later because I'm really happy with it. Uh, This one, what we did was we took our base Berliner, Vice recipe, and then added in a separate fermentation. Added uh, our golden sour base from the fooder to the pommace, and then I blended a little bit of that into the Berliner Weiss. And then we dry hop the Berliner Weiss with Hallertau Blanc hops, which are from Germany, which are supposed to have this, you know, Sauvignon Blanc type character to them. Mm. So yeah, it's just the, the beer is called Blanc de Blanc because uh, it's <laughs> white wine with Hallertau Blanc hops. So uh, Cheeky. White. and uh, Berliner Weiss is known as the Champagne of the North and Blonde de Blondes Champagne. Anyway, those are the layers of the name. Uh, anyway, and I'm, I like the beer. It's three and a half percent, super light. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's Ortega grapes uh, and I know they're famous for being slightly peachy and mm. I don't know, but I can yeah, get that. Um, yeah, it's just a fun little beer that mm-hmm. we wanted to put out.
1: It's really um,
3: smooth. It's dry. It's dry. Yeah. Um, he's okay. super tactile. Yeah. So texture and structure is yeah. fundamental in what I'm doing in a wine. And this, there's acid there, but the yeah. texture of the acid. I don't. I don't care about quantifiable acid, ah, yeah. but the texture of it and the texture of this acid is on point. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. So it's, I think it's going to be blended a little bit in. We, there wasn't too much. I think you can get a lot from the pomace It's almost got like, you know what I mean. It's got a lot of it can have a lot of astringency. Mm-hmm. If, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's um, all. That's all the at the Cyanins, um, all the phenolic compounds yeah, are yeah. still there. Okay. So you're basically pressing all the fresh juice off and leaving all of that. Yeah. In there, so working with that is a little tricky, I those in your yeah. End. Well, the hmm. this is something you pulled off
1: the fooder. You said right.
0: The sorry, it's a blend of like tank fermented Berliner Weiss and then some fooder beer on top of the. Um, Grape skins.
1: Because like like what he said about the acidity where you are know, kind of getting that base acidity, but it's sort of like rounded out by yeah. those last like fruit forward. But
3: yeah. Look, I don't want to say wine, there's even this like a pithiness to it too. Yep. That's that's classic white wine phenolics is that yeah. grape pith, grapefruit pith, that mm-hmm. whitey component okay. of the mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I nice. get it a lot in like the New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs. Like, I, for some reason, like, that's my favorite white wine, because to me, it smells like IPA. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, IPAs have that grapefruit rind mm-hmm. and bitter thing going on, and so I don't know. I just gravitate to those those type of wines. It's quite yeah. nice. It was really great.
2: Mm-hmm. I drank mine before we start talking about it. <laughs> God damn
3: it. I think it's efficient, egg. too. Yeah. Like, a three and a half percent. You want mm-hmm. drink the shit out of me, and this is a very drink the shit out of me. That's right. We hope. Yeah.
1: But... Wanting to drink like pint after pint after pint. Like yeah. we're drinking ten ounces right now. Like we want like this is a beer. It's like almost like that mentality for casks beers for English. It's like yeah. I wanna drink like ten beers tonight. I don't wanna get drunk, but I also wanna like enjoy the flavour I'm having.
2: But so. you know, I could drink ten pints of this more easily than I could drink ten pints of white wine. No. <laughs> this is true. Not with that true. attitude you can't. Well that's that that <laughs> slight
3: bitterness. That's, mm-hmm. There's you a lot know, of there's track. quite a few hops in this too. And the mm-hmm. thing, the difference Redraft. with this is that if it was a want, is that you're salivating when you're done. Yeah. That makes yeah. you want another sip or another yeah. bite of food. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. fundamental.
2: That and gravity. <laughs> <laughs> that and gravity. That's going to take me down. Um, okay. okay, what
0: else? Cool. We should um, open another beer and then we can talk more about wine.
1: Uh, what's let's up? open the one I bought. Uh, what did, did you? you buy? I was huh. given a. Um, a recommendation by the good people at Cook Street Liquor about a field house beer that is a goes Goza. Okay, they've been experimenting a lot lately with uh wine grapes and in different styles. And
2: they've, yeah, I've this one in the fridge. They do a lot of
1: beers, but a lot of people have been talking very highly of them, and this is even this even went on to like. Be like the selection of one of like the people that cook street liquor stories like this is like yeah. Toby was like very much like this beer is so goddamn good and then like two other people afterwards like that beer is really
2: cool. And she so. cracked one just the other night um that was their collaboration with uh, House of Funk. Uh, that's I was the thinking. Yuzu I was like, one? Uh, no, they also did a Pinot Noir one, I think.
1: Oh, Pinot gris Oh, Pinot gris Sorry. Yeah. So they had that one too, and they were like, "It's not as good," but they said that this one was pretty amazing
2: so this
0: says rose petal and lychee on the label is that just like tasting notes or actual
3: ingredients in it? I should say on the back I think. yeah what's your standard temp when you're fermenting for us here
0: yeah so we run a couple of different temps depending um we do a lot of beers with kavaic yeast these days which is like this we'll do a podcast about it at some point but the whole new subset of yeast that they've just discovered coming out of norway um they're beasts they ferment it 33 to 37 Celsius, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but this, the beer that we just had, the primary
3: fermenting yeast was kveik, And so it got up to that? Yeah. Sweet. Because yeah. that's what I'm thinking with this. is interesting. Because there's a real sort of trend in the wine world to ferment at 13, 14 degrees. Just to suppress esters? No. Or? no, the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, so what you're doing is you're fermenting at that low temp and you get a lot of these Overt blousy primary flavors, which is what I'm not getting in this. That's why I think this might be also fermented in the You're not getting that blousy lychee, gravertzy thing. Is um, it so just
0: to step back a bit, Gewurz, is that what it's famous for? Is yeah,
3: that- yeah. Lychee, canned lychee, even like oh really, really, okay. really blousy, really overt, really mm. floral. Um, and I'm not getting that in this. So the the trend at the moment is to ferment. You know, low use a yeast that's tolerant to that low, and then it you're you're all these yeast-derived esters that are coming through like sake or something, right? Yeah. Um, But the problem is that dissipates within six months. Yeah. So by fermenting higher, you're getting... But I think this is fermented a bit higher because it's it's quite a savory fruit profile. This has got salt salt. in
0: it, too, I'm assuming. It's It's just just
1: Goza tradition, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. Coriander and and salt is... It's it's quite salty. Yeah. Um, I do off-nose get what you're talking about with the lychee, though, that canned lychee, Mm -hmm. like cracking up a can of lychee that almost... (laughs) Fake sugary, fake vanilla-y
3: flavor. I love that salinity. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It makes the beer the beer seem so full. I think like, I, I think I it really just makes you want to sip again. And what,
3: <laughs> yeah, what
1: I think it's why I feel more than like this beer because it is that um, salinity really drives people back. It's like eating yeah. chips. High it's like A-B-B having ceviche. It's like having all those beer, all those like things that are like I just can't stop eating because mm. it's like. Spice, salt, citrus. Yeah. And the Gewürz, like you said, lychee, but like Gewürz, I always, as, always associate with like lots of like spicy notes and um, lots of like limey, citrusy notes. So, like, I could see where that could, you know, mm-hmm. be really celebrated it? with this. Um, so, the aroma, they're saying this has aromas of those flavors that you we were talking about. Yeah.
0: Before. So, and do we know how they add it? Is it just on whole clusters of grapes or is it? It says that. Yeah. yeah
3: um, this one tastes like there's a lot of grapes in it. It's full and it's like yeah. the rich. phenolics in Gewurz are really tricky. It's okay. probably the trickiest grape to work with, but if you do it properly, it's the best hmm. phenolics. I oh, really? Yeah, I love Gewurz phenolics.
2: Hmm.
3: Can you do Gewurz in the island? Oh, I do. You do? It may or may not be in one of the field blends. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about the when you talk about the field blends, you're talking about the shoes. Yeah.
1: Those beers are sorry. Those beers, I've had a couple beers. Those wines (laughs) are amazingly expressive for what you've done to them, and
3: I find I feel like they're beer drinkers'
2: wines.
0: (laughs) I feel like we like as a as a beer geek, I like wines that pop. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you open it and you you get your nose into it and it just like I mean, like I was saying with the New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs, they like there's this like
3: popping and there's quite a bit of acidity as well like, I don't that know. kind of nervous energy which yeah. is why <laughs> yeah. like that cool climate making wines here yeah. and again it's that di- the difference between the acidity that has tension and poise and, and restraint but that isn't sour and angular and tart. Mm. So that's the that's my job. That's ah, the okay. only job that I have is to work with the structure and the texture. So mm. I don't measure sugar. I don't measure acid when I harvest. It's all flavor. I pick the grapes and I macerate the skins and seeds in my mouth when the phenolics are ripe. I pick and then I work with those in the winery to to, to round out the edges of the acid, so it's not angular, it's not sharp, and to make sure that those phenolics are extracted properly through the process. So
0: when the rounding of those acids is that because of barrel? Is that because of just fermentation? Or both, both. Okay. So, I work a lot with these.
3: Okay. These are f- there's all those lipids and like sterols. Like the uh, blue jean company. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Dungaree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then also, I like, a, I like a boot cut myself. You, were, you were, I don't want to like
1: get into the uh, the details of what grapes you use, but you were talking about how you crushed and juiced your red, the red jus and then left it on lees afterwards for another couple of days just to after the juice was filtered. No, so,
3: I mean, I don't really care if people know what's in the wines. It's it's just, I'm just trying to get people's preconceived notions to, mm-hmm. to go away before they try it. So, the jus red last year, what I did was I did, I had basically a foch, which I fermented, I put it in a tank, whole bunch, didn't destem, sealed the tank, nothing added, Completely wild. Sealed it up. Left it for two and a half weeks. Didn't taste it. Didn't. I didn't want to freak myself out. I was committed to the process. And then after two and a half weeks, I, I, um, drained it, pressed it, um, and I was really happy with the the vibrancy of the fruit and and the and and uh, the intensity and the freshness. But I wanted more structure. It lacked a little bit of structure. So that same year our salmonos, which was our top pinot was super tannic I had to be very careful I was all foot pijage I was in there pijaging with my feet Hmm. Um, and then really careful and when I pressed it I only went to one bar which for me is about three quarters of the way through the press cycle cut the press there was enough tan in there I wanted to stop Um, dumped press and there was I could like still squeeze wine out of this beautiful this is our top pinot I didn't want to waste Hmm. this so I put took that uh, mm. Marshall Foch wine that I'd pressed and put it on top of mm. this press, the pressings, and let it sit for another two to three days, and then repress that. And not only did it give me more structure and texture, it gave me an, another layer of depth and complexity to the fruit and and the uh, perfume. Mm. So, so was it so, rosé? No, or no, 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 it's was, they, was, they were both red. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, fog? Or Marshall Foch. Foch.
0: Ah, I thought yeah. Foch was
3: white for some reason. I no, don't know. No, okay. it's, it's red, yeah. But it's yeah. a
0: common island grape, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like, right? Yeah. And
3: yeah. I mean, before coming here, I was like, ugh, hybrids. You <laughs> know, like peasant wine but yeah. man I, I really like Foch okay. I think it's like a We're combo of Blau Frankish and Gamay Noir it's a really cool super vibrant super juicy super yeah. fresh it's like to it me it's like Santa's little helper like sweetness help like, like <laughs> to it though too doesn't it, it has some like
1: some tobaccoiness to well it, too. The,
3: the problem I think with it is that people make it wrong it's understanding where the fruit can go and, and, and where it is is instead of trying to make a $25 bottle of wine look like a 50 I think we need to do the other and like overpromise mm-hmm. on a lesser a lesser genre. So people try to make Foch look like a big Bordeaux blend and it'll never be there. If you taste this fruit, it's so juicy, it's so primary, it's so hedonistic that you just, I just wanted to embrace that. Like mm-hmm. it's just so fresh and juicy. Like drink the... It's like, Refreshing red wine. Drink well, doesn't that like Beaujolais
0: Nouveau or something it, then, right? Totally. Yeah.
3: Same genre. Okay. Same genre. I made it in this a similar process. Not okay. quite that extreme. That's yes. quite confectionery. Mm. Um, so I, I was a little more serious than that. But in the, that same style, that pseudo carbonic maceration. Ah, okay.
0: Cool. Um, so usually we go through like with a style like this, we go through the BJCP and about the style, but. With this one, there's really nothing. We've already talked um, about
1: Saison's. We've already talked about... Um, what was the other one we said Well, we
0: already actually opened in our Lambic episode, mm-hmm. Chiming In with Bobby Wood. Um, we... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we. But So I was looking through the BJCP today, and the only one that fits in is Fruit Lambic, because uh, it is traditional for Lambic producers to add whole clusters of um, red or white, white grapes to... To lambic, so I guess this is the new trend. Is like, we obviously we're not making lambic, and none of these people that we're opening are making lambic, but uh, taking sour beer or saisons and adding um, grapes to. So,
1: Cantillon has. Two
0: examples of that, right? Yeah, St. Lamb that we opened in Own were the main, like...
1: So I was going you know, to bring St. Lamb in Own tonight, but I was like, we did that already. So I know, just other hold on room. to yours, yeah. I was going to bring temple to It's funny, beer when, that I was, I when, when like,
3: we had the iteration of uh, the first, like, discussions about the first Bumo with, with Matt, we always chatted, and the main thing, like, you, I was jealous of his, you know, like... He makes a batch. Well, that didn't work. I guess I'll try something next week. Yeah, I'm like, well, that didn't work. So I guess next year I'll try something <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah, exactly. You it. know, so we were jealous of, but so. I'm jealous of that, but he was jealous of my pH, because <laughs> I'm working with like I can do everything wild and I don't have to be as fastidious in the cleaning. You know, he's <laughs> sterile. I don't have to be sterile. He has to be sterile. Yeah. Or it's um,
0: sterile. So what did we open? this is vague recollection from oh i from remember a, i remember a, this one <laughs> oh. Thank you, though I don't remember
2: it yeah. it's from a little brewery called jester
1: king you may have heard of them oh so this um, has got sangiovese and what other one tempranillo grapes yes
0: well they're in austin the austin area of um, texas so i'm sure those are those are spanish varietals that i'm sure oh no one italian one spanish that I'm, i guess grow around there i don't know Matt. yeah it says local
1: okay so. Mol- and Central Asia and great. So they use pumice again for this. Okay. They use it and then they have hops, mixed culture. Um,
0: so this one came out with like almost like an
3: orange hue. I would yeah. say the difference between the, when you're looking at pumice, pumice is both red and white, but if someone's talking pumice of a white, yep. it's fruit. Mm. Pumice of a red is fermented. So just for, I don't know if your listeners know the. Just to clarify, so the difference between red and white wine is, conventionally, white wine comes in, you put it, the fruit straight into the press, you press the fruit, and you ferment the juice separately. And you throw away the fruit. You throw away the... Fr- the oh, sorry, the, the, the leftover. The pressings, yeah. yeah, yeah. Red wine goes into the vessel, you ferment it, and after fermentation, then you put it in the press. And that's the carbonic maceration? No, right? no, or it can it be it? any fr- okay, fermentation. but that's but one form of it. yeah. 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 So if it's saying that they're red varieties, there's, there's, it's going to be a fundamental difference in the end product because there's no sugar left essentially. Yep. Um, they've fermented everything else. There's a lot less that they're giving to the wine as far as flavor goes and sugar goes. Okay. So this is a red. So that's why you're getting that hue as well. Yeah. Well like almost no color off of it. Yeah.
2: This one to me has kind of like a, not un, not in an un- unpleasant way, but like a almost slightly like burnt rubber. Kind of it's robot. it's a little bit
0: goozy on the nose, yeah, like kind of uh, like weird. Belgian yeah. goose, yeah. Um, hmm. And it's very light on the fruit character mm-hmm. compared
3: to some of the ones we've been opening. Like uh, it would Beals. this be Brett fermented? Oh yeah. And so this is a question that I have mm-hmm. for a brewer. I've do you guys measure your four EP and four EG? No, no. Is that do you get that as well in your? We. We use, we stand on the shoulders of giants,
0: like, and we use specific strains of Brett. Okay. So, because we're not like, um, here, we're not like grabbing Brett off of random things. It's actually very, it's actually quite hard to isolate Brett, like, on your own. We're buying specific strains of Brett from yeast labs that tell us that they will do these things. Right. So, so that's the difference in our
3: worlds. Exactly. So, yeah, you go to France and there's a, so, so 4EP, 4 ethyl glycol, 4 ethyl female glycol is great. Mm-hmm. That's like smoke cured meats and yeah, all yeah. bacon. And then 4 g or 40p is like the band-aid and barnyard. Yeah. So, so a
0: little bit of that is traditional in Belgian lambic. Right. That different mm-hmm. producers have their own like goo for that blend. So like right. I find Tilkin very light on that. There's almost none in Tilkin. Whereas Trey Fontanen, yeah. maybe a little bit more. Difference being that Tilken doesn't.
2: Their own beer, too. They but they're blending blend from to other that, places. yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and so it seems to be like the blender's taste that yeah. he's blending to, which is interesting, yes. Uh, and you talk to different people, and some people say, No, Tilkin's the best, and the other people, No, yeah. you know, uh, Trefontaine is the best. And it's like,
1: Well, I find with those ones, it's like it's a certain varietal or style that they're doing. It's like a lot of people are like Trey Fontaine goose better than Tilkin, better than Cantina yeah.
2: yeah. Just gonna be in there say dry fontaine. <laughs> just, just gonna put oh, that okay. out sure, there. Sure. Whatever you do want, it, it. It. You might as well just call it three fontaine. Three fontaine. There you
0: go.
1: <laughs> three fountains. <laughs> three fountains. <laughs> I mean, three fountains. or goozy or whatever you wanna call it. That one is what people talk more okay. mm-hmm. about liking as goose. But That's I've true. cracked a bunch of different cantians and different years the past couple of months and fuck, it's hard to tell these days.
0: What do you honestly think about this one? You like it?
1: Be honest. I don't hate it. To me, it's not easy. It. I don't hate yeah, it. I'm not, a, I'm not the, I'm not the I'm biggest gonna, fan gonna, of it. I'm not going to run to the to the shelves to buy it again.
2: He yeah. gave me this and told me it was a goose. So I'd probably be like, yeah, 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 it's a goose. A I light, a light on one, one yeah. right?
0: Yeah. But as as a beer wine hybrid, I don't know if it like yeah
1: fully really grabs on.
3: But I don't know. I mean, as a just as a beverage, yeah, it's mm. got a lot of length. It's yeah. delicate it's soft it's not like invasive so it's a little bit more feminine than the other ones that we've had which I kind of gravitate to so I I kind of enjoy it to be honest it's soft it's feminine it's delicate that, and that's kind of what Jester is, King does which is crazy yeah. that it's from Texas because yeah, <laughs> yeah but they're one of the top like the 10 breweries, breweries in
0: the world like, and they have the a house culture bigger. that they use yeah. on everything right. and yeah these were all all barrel aged And you know, I think it's a like, pretty sophisticated I also yeah, beer. they have a 165 acre brewery
2: I like so the artwork like oh shit yeah it's yeah. pretty big
0: they're, they plan to like expand it they with take, more and take more of their own they're going to be growing their own grapes and their own they have a goat farm on Elton from
2: West Coast Brewery Choice just went there. He yeah, was like, you have to go.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Okay. Well, the Craft Brewers Conference, uh, the US one, is in San Antonio mm-hmm. next year, which is like quite close to where Jester King is. So we were kind of like, Ugh.
3: actually, I I love this. Yeah, I do. I really like. it. I like it.
0: Their Spawn series has been some of the
3: just amazing stuff I've had. It's we had one, one of
1: those on the on the show right. Yeah,
3: for so that size too, it's pretty. It's a pretty crafty beer for what is it? Do not.
0: No, no, I mean like the 160. No, I meant I, I meant oh, the ABV six percent.
2: To me, this Fieldhouse one seemed like they had a flavor they wanted to come out with, adding coriander and sea salt. Obviously, mm. does something that. But the Jester can feel like they just let it do whatever it, like Ooh. the wild yeast.
0: So then it's a beer
2: wine hybrid in another
0: yeah. way, yeah.
1: right? Well, the Fieldhouse one seems like they made a goza and they hmm. had a bit more of a. Body come through with the wine grapes, or this yeah. one feels like it's a bit more playing to the style, quote unquote, of what you know
3: what we're talking about, like with the lambic style. If you would have given yeah. this to me blind, I would have said a white wine. Is it meant mm. though over the red varieties because yeah. it's pretty soft. They don't do they stay in the ship
1: or not?
0: Aren't those red varieties pretty big too? Like especially
3: if they're grown mm. in Texas.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't tell you
2: a lot of details on their bottles. They do. They, they don't tell you. So
1: that's
2: another difference with this one. It tells you how you should perceive the taste. Mm-hmm. There's that one, they're like. I hate that though when they yeah. tell you fuck you yeah. <laughs> yeah. let me drink it Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't
3: tell me what I'm going to taste well so I
0: find that that's a great way to, to um, under deliver yeah. when you uh-huh. list five things that you should be tasting like most people are not going to
1: we're automatically like, going to go derive that right, right yeah. there right we're already going to think like okay that's what I'm supposed to be getting
3: the place that I work in, uh, in Australia by far he's like renowned for being like kind of a grumpy old farmer who just just there's no tasting room you can't yeah. visit you get on the property they get no this is a farm get off the property <laughs> it's, it's a farm really yeah and he's he, working he's here i'm working here he's got two tasting notes and he just alternates them every year <laughs> it doesn't matter what happened Nice.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious i do really like that one there. that is that the by far yeah
0: Okay. Um, we've got cool. two more beers tonight, I think.
2: Are they both Burdock? They're both yeah. Burdock. Like okay, Ruby, I guess, to start with. This is a blend of a one-year-old barrel Saison with black and red raspberries, uh, 50%. Saison Asian Cap Franc skins, 35%. And high acid Ontario Pinot Noir, 15%. That might, is that your high acid? Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: There you go. There yes, it
2: is. You like the ass. Do they have it's a, vintage on, they
0: a vintage on the beers? Yeah, do we know? Um, uh,
1: that was a last year beer for him, I think. Yeah. I think he only did Black Ruby once. They don't date as far as I can tell here. i we'll find out for you right now, actually. Mac, I
2: I Matt is famous
1: for... Well, I should say he's famous, but he's good at doing one-off beers once. Mm. Except for, you know, the whole Bumo thing.
3: What, what is, what is really, Bumo again? It's burdock and Morissette Okay. So Bumo is the combo. So the first iteration was literally like beer wine blended. Okay. And we did trials of what and but now he's evolved it into something. He's got his own fruit and he's blending it with with fresh beer with aged beer, re fermenting on aged beer, barrel aging, doing all kinds of different. Okay. So I had an arrow too
1: as well. We had the arrows, but no. it, was, it wasn't wine. It's one of his ones where he barrel ages and then ages on fruit and then barrel ages it again.
0: Right. And That's what the Belgians do sometimes with their with their um, fruited beer. And when we visited, um, we were just down in Oregon and we visited um, Degard, and what they're doing there is really interesting. The way they're adding fruit to their sour beers is they have small. Uh, fooders uh, with high, high fruit concentration. So like fill the fooder full of fruit then add sour beer to top it up and then that's a really, really strong and then they blend that into their other beer. The so it's color. a way to like control the amount of fruit in the finished blend. It's a
2: really cool idea, I thought. This is bad podcasting. Why? Mm-hmm. But this is a beautiful color. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's like Buy, right. buy this beer. There's still some in the town. Oh, is we fresh.
2: should put in a little plug. Um, the Burdocks. it, did, it hasn't like been in town on sale for too long, so the Burdocks you can find on sale at Cook Street Liquor right now, and the Jester Kings are all on sale at Hillside Liquor. Are they really? Oh, really? Yeah, uh, five bucks off. That's on sale. Cool.
3: Yeah. Uh, side note for you, mm-hmm. um, if you're to to small batch oak fermented, yep, you can take your barrels, turn them upright, knock yep. the head out. And turn it into a fermenter. Yep. Oh, you know that already? Yeah,
0: we did that, but we actually didn't use it. We didn't have time, but we wanted no. to do
3: that. Yeah. Just yeah, you can add fittings
1: books. to them Holy and shit. stuff
2: as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Your dick, Matt. Your dick. You're not putting. You're not putting uh, black <laughs> this, ruby on your website.
2: This one tastes like fruit juice. i loving this beer. It's very fruity. Very wow. fruity. Yeah, incredibly so. What
3: was it's, the other? I think it was fruity. black. High acid pale. Black is is Yeah, Yeah.
1: So it, I would almost say it's more fruited than it is well, it's wine hybrid. Well, 50%. Yeah, that's most of it, Fruit. right?
0: I'm, I'm, is that the blend or the... It's the
1: blend. Yeah. One-year-old barely know. Saison with black and red raspberries, 50%. And then Saison, so the blend it's is the Saison and with cap Franc skins. And then the he, he put an Ontario Pinot Noir 15% to add acidity, I guess. So really the the wine in this is is, is the blending
3: aspect to, to create mm, and kind of I suppose clothing. you would get the the berries would ferment so that would be berry wine yeah in a sense right?
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I think he fermented them in beer
3: yeah that's what yeah. I mean well, you think it'd be more tannic I'm
0: getting a little bit but, but like you think much. it would just be like you'd be like pump. no but like tannins. the Cap Frank was only a small part of the mm-hmm. blend I think right. Well, even
1: with like the berries the berries would add more tannins to it like those dark berries mhm even when we get black currants and stuff, like, it's providing more 10 than someone like the wine. 7.8%.
3: Yeah. Doesn't show that, does it? It'll get you drunk.
1: So, really, like, there's no real baseline for this style. It's just it's fun. Of, it's I think like that's probably what makes it awesome. Though? Yeah, well, I mean, for... I think we are talking about, like, there's the... What you're looking for when you have your certain varietals, right? But
2: mm.
1: like with this style, like w- when we we drink beer, is like we talk about pilsner, we talk about yeah, we talk about stout, we talk about all like what the BJCP says and whatnot. Okay. Like that's what we're looking for in that. But this is like this blows it up. This tells you just like this guy's the limit, and you know it's basically allowing the gravity and the natural ingredients to basically take over and provide you with a new experience. Oops. To me, it would be super exciting if I
3: uh, was a brewer. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is... I know. Like, the sky's the limit, and there's no... You can define the genre, really. There yeah. is no definition. It's mm-hmm. wide open.
0: Yeah. And we've seen, like, even tonight so far, like, th- these are wildly <laughs> different beers. Yeah. Um, I think from my approach, like, I would... As a brewer, I would m- more try and hit, like, if I'm... Like, we, were, we got Ortega, and we were like, oh, we want to try and maybe extract that wine Ortega character like I was trying to like see if we could
1: isn't Ortega like super light too yeah it's pretty it's
3: pretty easy to overpower people like making orange wine from Ortega a lot too don't they yeah anything like aromatic does a good orange wine I think Um, oh so what is orange wine orange wine is white wine made like red wine so on the on skins that we macerate it yeah okay causes it to go orange.
0: It does. It does. Yeah. Well, no, our Artega went orange.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah. when it's exposed to oxygen, it will definitely go yeah, orange. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And it basically did,
3: derived its own style out of it. Yeah, so you, it, what's really cool about that, though, is that you, when you make a wine on its skins like that, you, it produces, white wine produces glutamate, which mm-hmm. is umami. Yep. So mm-hmm. you right. get that salinity, that savoriness, mm. that sort of fifth flavour profile coming through, which right. is a really great tool in the wine. Yeah. Especially food wine.
0: Yeah. And if you've got got acidity in there mm. and if sweetness,
1: have, if, or yeah, if you try his like jus, they're like you have a lots of natural wines, and there's a lot of things going on in a lot of them. But if you like, they are kind of, and I don't take this the wrong way, they are kind of weak in a way. But they have this beautiful rounding of like acidity, and it's, it's not like they're table wines, but they're taking that to the next level. It's like you can have a table wine and enjoy a lot of it, and it can be esoteric, or it can be kind of um, across the board different at any time, and that's what makes it really awesome to drink these, these wines. There is yeah. a lot of complexities happening to them all the time. But it's not like it's punching you in one direction all the time, or dropping any other it's just like it's beautifully medium and giving you a lot to think about the whole time you're drinking it yeah
3: well that's what i think honestly that's why i love working on vancouver island so again not to emulate other regions like california and Okanagan, they're warm they do rich big opulent wines but what we do well here and what comes through in the glass here is like Tension, poise, elegance, restraint, and like razor fine layers of complexity. So they're cerebral wines because you're. It's not as overt. They're not as obvious. You're. You're going back to them. My analogy is the Okanagan. I'll let them do it. They, they do a better job than us, so I want them to do that. We do perfume. They do Pamela Anderson. We do Sophia Loren. Mm. <laughs> you know what? Sophia's tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sophia's tight. <laughs> <nice. Not anymore. laughs> oh. <laughs> Neither is family. (laughs) Um,
0: Sorry, I don't think we've defined this yet on the... uh, Tonight, though, um, natural wine. Like, uh, what... I I know, so what is your... uh, Sorry, what is your definition of natural wine? Well, let me
3: first say that I'm definitely not... I don't... I'm not... I don't make natural wine. Okay. I, I do if I can, but I'm not... Like I find, You naturally I don't want to be locked into that genre because it's such a scene at the moment. Yeah, it is, and it's seeing a f- day, yeah. and it's very much esoteric just to be esoteric. And then it's like the emperor's <laughs> new clothes. Oh, you don't like that, man? You just don't understand? No, I understand it. It's just not made well. <laughs> like, I sense. make wine naturally, as I do as little as I can as late as possible. But if I have to do something, I will to make sure that it's a it's a very consumable product and i do it not to for any sort of noble reason i do it because it makes better wine Mm -hmm. at the end of the day so you know i'll never add yeast don't add nutrients don't add enzymes unfiltered unfined if i have to filter i will if something comes up and it's going to compromise the wine i'll do it you know Mm -hmm. but i try to do as little as i can as late as possible so it's really about just making responsible wine like uh Nick Farr told me, okay, every wine starts at 100 points. And every time you do something, you take a point away. Mm. So that's the kind of way I approach wine. But, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, the natural wine thing, because it's, they, it's actually a lot harder to make wine that way than to make wine conventionally. That's why people use sulfur. That's, it's safer. It's easier. They go to sleep at night. But now what's happening, what's convoluting the whole process is that you get um, lazy winemakers that, oh, man, they're just hippies that are just throwing things in a bu-. It's mm. You can't do that. like uh, It's, not a it's, it's much more... D- like, I have to be intimately connected with every vessel in my winery. And if, if you know, I monitor them. I use science. I'm in the lab two to three hours a day. But the difference between me and a conventional winemaker is I'm looking at the numbers to make sure I can still do nothing. I'm not using science mm. to ameliorate or mm-hmm. or change the wine. I'm 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 making sure, okay, I can still do nothing. I can still get away with doing nothing. Mm. You say
1: you're one with nature.
3: <laughs> <laughs> in this <Indeed. laughs> cuz yeah, I, I do yeah. have a few sweat lodges out of the yeah. wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'll>, I No, <laughs> I mean it's, it's kind it's, of a funny thing to so say, it, say that, it, but like
1: so when you talk about how the numbers you're looking at, you're not in you whether you're using science or whether you're using just numbers and how things are, you're you're at one with what is happening not just like well if I add the, the
3: fake news to it it'll be fine well that's precisely it like everything that I'm not doing is again allowing the fruit oh. to speak so I don't care if like you know you're, my kid's a punk rocker or a dentist you know you just I just want them to be who they want to yeah. be you know it's the same thing with the wines it's that's the the approach. So is this what people mm-hmm. call low-intervention
0: wines? Because this is where I'm confused. Like, the difference between low-intervention and natty. Like, yeah. is it... What you're doing, is that low-intervention, well,
3: or...? Well, I mean, it's, it's this is the crazy thing. Like, yeah. yes, I'm a natural winemaker, if you wanted to call it that. Okay. But I don't want to be pigeonholed into that genre because I don't like the stigma of where the genre is going. Okay. And I think... There's a lot of lazy winemakers that call themselves natural wines, and they're an inferior product that is, is, faulty and not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And it's people are drinking. And you're like, oh yeah, no, I like it because they don't want to be called out for not being sophisticated mm. enough to they, understand natural. Same wine. Same thing happens in sour beer every yeah, exactly. day. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. So, but yeah. essentially, yeah, you yeah. know, what we're doing is about as natural as you can get. Okay.
1: Yeah. Is the word progressive something you can use?
3: I don't even, wine just try, I just even try to. I, guess you know, I just make wine. Well, <laughs> yeah. hopefully the yeah. cream rises, right? Yeah. Like, well, and know, that's I think yeah. you know it's like everything you know the pendulum swings, and I'm glad that the pendulum swung. Yeah. Because you know even these lazy guys are yeah. gonna change people's yeah. uh, perception of what wine can be. It's and in then the conversation, Hopefully they though. come yeah. back yeah. into the middle where you know I, you know, and I went down the rabbit hole, man. I went, I went and. That's the thing. I've always had the luxury, especially at Pearl Morissette, I had the luxury of having certain cuvées that maybe never even get released, but I got to experiment and and really push them as far as I could push them. And then I used the information that I gained on those wines to inform the decisions that I make on the classics, and that's Mm. fundamental in what I'm kind of Mm. doing. So, you know, the wines at the end are sort of in the center, but now I've taken what I've learned there to inform it and make it hopefully a better product at the end of the day.
2: Hmm.
3: So you can see, have confidence in it because the worst thing you do is just like, oh, panic and add something. Yeah.
2: Sugar. Always add sugar. Always add sugar.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, here's the thing though. This is probably freak a lot of people out but if there was a gun to my head (laughs) and they said, what is the one thing that, you, if you have to add something to your wine, you would. it would be sugar because yep. it gets completely consumed and it's no and longer there. Same yeah. thing in beer. So have, I don't care. Well, not the end, you know, yeah. to make or not to like prophylactically to make it a 15% yeah. alcohol. But, you know, if I got a wine that's coming in, it's going to be 10% Pinot. I'll throw some sugar at it so it gets to 11, 12. I don't care. Well,
0: that was the same thing we talked about. Like, so in beer, uh, was it Budweiser that made fun of Coors for adding corn sugar to their beer? And it's like, um, corn sugar has no flavor completely fermentable okay, by Brewer's happens. yeast, which means oh, right. no, uh, like, brewers have been adding corn
3: sugar for centuries. And so it's, it's super glycophilic yeast love corn sugar, because yeah. it's all glucose. But it's yeah. the
1: negative of the high fructose corn syrup. I know, Not I know. It's like, oh but there's God, none of that your babies <laughs> are going to die. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah.
2: You like ethyl alcohol, right? Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> so I pulled out the last beer of the night, which cool. is uh, from Burdock again. Can you pronounce that please? Mutebe noir. <laughs> Mutebe. Where the hell did you get the T? don't know.
0: It's merb noir. Oh mube.
2: oh yeah. Merb. Muebe. Oh, there we go. Um this is uh muebe. There you go. Merve. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> is it French? Yes. Oh fuck. Um this is mube. a sa- this is mube. a sour da- I pronounce everything in Spanish way. Uh sour dark ale. This is weak as Australian. it looks like a stout. <laughs> Uh dark ale aged in neutral oak barrels for one year with Ontario Cab Franc grape skins bottle condition drink now or store in a cool dark place hmm.
0: we're drinking it now we're drinking it now has <laughs> this, <been laughs> this, has also been,
1: this has also been stored in a cool dark place for at least a year because this was on the, I bought this today at Cook Street and it was no trash in them this was still on the shelves today when I worked there last summer so yeah, but it's the so kind it's of be the this, this kind right. of beer, that's perfect for this sort of thing. So, yeah. so it's a dark sour base this is This is, is, is stayed in the dark. is stayed in the dark shelf for a year, at least. And I'm sure it came to us.
2: Do you always reach to the back? Only when we oh. are <laughs> in a grocery store. That's the trick. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I actually was doing that today when they're like, "Oh, you should get that. Feel, you get this beer here. There." I'm like, "Cool." And like, I was at the other side of the the shelf when I was back one up yeah oh that's not what I was
0: like yeah. I only buy milk that way oh yeah
2: <laughs> this one's got a whole other day on it <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got I've got three more days to leave this in my fridge that's how I buy dairy
0: the malt's coming through mm. mm-hmm have all been so different yes this is again very different yeah. um Again, though cab skins, what with um, Ontario cab skins, they're readily available. <laughs> and it's
3: probably everyone really loves cab It's, and it's the best suited grape to the region. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I find, I find lot, this, this just like really disjointed. There's, it's every, like there's acid and coffee and
2: yeah, it of, is. It, yeah, there's nothing. Mm-hmm.
3: It's not. There's no, I have a whole a bunch agamation. of like malty, no like dark, like dark. There's green ring flavors that palette, are compartmentalized. Yeah. They're not together.
2: I don't Maybe know. works for a dark sour.
0: Yeah, we've got one on tap right now. If we want to compare it later, just to see ours. Sure. Yeah, it's pretty good. Our Okuron. Wow. Dark oh, sour right, on right. twice. Yeah. I get I
1: get this like yeah, it, it almost like fruit aromas, but it's and flat then, and it falls away really quickly. Yeah, and then it comes back again with like these like dark molds on my, on my tongue. It's really interesting. I don't. We did. The, I think we did this one. At the tail end of our burdock. I think one. we, did, we did as well. Yeah. But I remember we were really drunk at that time, too. I, I made <laughs> so notes on it. This one is a.
3: Uh, I had some colon to it, I said last time.
2: Kind All enough.
1: depends on the beer, we like where it's stored and how,
0: how
3: deceptive it. are the alcohols. This is a 7.8. hmm. Thanks, Matt. Usually dark sours are,
0: are bigger. Ours is a little bit bigger as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste yeah, 7.8 no. to me. No, dark sours, there's so much going on, though, that, like, it's really hard to... It's amazing how flat it falls, but then, like, there's more after it. I feel like the carb's a little bit low as well Mm -hmm. for a beer that's been stored this long in a bottle. You'd expect it to be, like, almost gushing.
3: Do you reckon reckon this is bottle conditioned?
0: Oh, they all are, I'm sure. All his?
3: Yeah. It says bottle conditioned on it. It's this one, Yeah. Oh,
0: with ah. the cap though, like, <laughs> can the cap okay, just so drop anyway? On. Like, Not unless you nick the cap or something and <laughs> it, it off gases. <laughs> so that's what, generally like when you store bottles, they should pick up a tiny bit of carb over time. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of, I'm sure this is full,
2: filled with Brett and different strains of sack. So. Just looking up because they put all the, the they put strains. more information on their website, but they the do so
3: many navigate, beers right yeah but like and these are probably real small runs yeah <laughs> how how I long? remember Matt literally coming up because I do all a whole bunch of fermentation yeah mm-hmm. so he would come up and like hand to stem okay. all of these he would be sitting on the crush pad for like four hours just hand to stemming all of this I'm <laughs> pretty sure they're small oh. batches yeah.
2: He says A it, little
1: bit of
3: Matt's, uh, the
1: description Matt's here nail, says,
2: nail clipping like a In there right? too Natural, natural cali- Matt cali- m- Oh East.
0: is it Motska. Is it intended to be Like red wine And is Coca-Cola the red wine and Coca-Cola
1: yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah Exactly There you go <laughs> That's hilarious Yeah oh, oh, that your, is wish, your wishes there Come in there Ed. Yeah. What's that? Your wishes there Come in <laughs> BC Wine Memes Would be super happy With this beer right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh yeah So we have BC Beer Memes You guys have BC Wine Memes has mm. he come after you yet? or No, yeah, yeah. he gave us a compliment. Oh, nice. That's the only thing he's ever... What yeah.
1: did he compliment you guys on? The Jew. Smart. Hey. That
0: guy's intense. He might be more intense than the BC Beer, beer guy right now. That guy, guy. is yeah.
1: intense yeah. watching his like, profiles. And yeah. he goes, ah, oh, but
3: man. it's so easy to be negative, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really you know, is, it's yeah. so much safer to be a negative guy than to be, you know, mm-hmm. like it's be a troll is way easier than. but I mean that's the thing he's just having fun being a troll and intentionally being a troll
0: Mm -hmm. no and like you know BC wine and BC beer
3: like need I think so you need someone on that end like I said the pendulum to swing you know to get people out of their their Let's to taste like this that's what I like
0: about the BC beer memes guy that he's like you know he's doing some call outs and stuff that you know kind of need to be done sometimes and it's all just us Involved in the industry, who pay attention. Anyway. It's all just like <laughs> yeah. it's all just <laughs> like whispers within the industry. Yeah. We're like, oh, he said this once. Oh, someone said it finally. Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: Okay, I think we're gonna wrap up. Yeah, um, we're fairly deep into
1: these third runnings here. Yeah, um, we're gonna have wine beers. Mm-hmm. We run out, of wine, beers. We run
0: out
2: yeah. of wine beers. Well, I've got more on tap if oh. you want there more. There is a lot yeah. more in yeah.
1: town. I've noticed more. So I yeah. try to grab it. The upright one okay. is actually really good if people are looking for That's it. And you can and find it a couple places.
2: I recommend anything from Temporal? or yeah. Temporal. If you're Canadian, yeah, because yeah. he's making some beautiful beers. I it's had the one tonight, he did
1: with the Gamay skins, but mm-hmm. I had too much other stuff. I've got a
2: couple from his Cellar Society, and they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should pick up this year's actually. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Okay. Thanks for having me out, guys. This yeah, great. thanks for coming Brian, on. It was, it was absolute awesome. pleasure to have yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you
1: for fun. taking the trip down from Duncan. Yeah, we're it's gonna go go down. party it out now. Well,
3: yeah. Come up to the cellar and we'll do some barrel samples. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. oh, I would Ooh. love that. Um, where can we find you, Brian? Um, you can find me at the Courtney Room cooking away, especially for the. Oh yeah, cooking now. I've been cooking since oh, day oh, one. Yeah. I don't get <laughs> off the line. I like. I love cooking. <laughs> um, whether it, yeah, whether it's. Cooking with a computer or cooking with wow. uh, with a pan. I'm there. Um, you can Those also, books ain't gonna cook themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just like <laughs> they gotta they gotta the heat's gotta be created somehow. And then you can find me at how I handle my vices, um, periods between each word, on uh, Instagram. Yeah, Working and
0: we can find you
3: winemaking for uh, at Everle Creek. Yep, and, and then, um, at Breno Wino. Yep, and then I've got the most beautiful dog in the world. So. Dave, the wine dog. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on right now? Yeah. Uh, any
0: new releases coming? Soon? Yeah, man,
3: super excited. So last year, first year I was at Avril was like too easy. It was like the numbers came in perfect, everything. I don't measure numbers, but if I did, that's exactly what I would want. Mm-hmm. And it was like super easy to make. Last year was very challenging, mm-hmm. and I had to make like a lot of decisions that were like down to the wire. But I think the wines are going to be a lot. More expressive and, and intriguing. Okay. Um, so there's some really interesting things coming out, and there'll be spring, sort of fall releases. So. Okay. Stay tuned. Are you fucking kidding me? I know, right? Nah. Ah.
2: <laughs> that's a God, cute dog. That's awesome. Well, and. You can't find me, I'll find you. Uh, okay, <laughs> now... Um, how, how long have
1: you been waiting to say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right, uh, wrote uh, down uh, today, I'm not uh, going to see it next week. I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I will find you, and so, I will be your...
2: Twitter, Instagram, it's like bringing up all to slaughter. There's a website i uh, doing this uh, What's Brewing Magazine I do their events I just wrote an article For the magazine Oh wow so Congratulations why Wax cap beers suck
0: Yes Agree um, Mostly Foamers Holly but
2: oh, no, oh no no, oh, We're not way, talking about hey, hey, hey. We're talking about The wax
0: Not the beer just, just <laughs> the wax.
2: Um, They've been doing A lot of wax cap lately
1: yeah.
0: Other than that Zip around on a bike So what are you Do you see beer memes now uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> They don't like me Outed yeah. Anyway as uh, uh, you find me brewing here at Il Sauvage uh, And at Socks Cover Feet Trying to do my best chef impersonation at home Because all brewers want to be chefs And all chefs <laughs> want to be brewers You just want to be something we're not Yeah, exactly minutes, you yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Although um, you gave
1: me the drive To put exosauce on my menu again so I know, and I mm-hmm. do love a good exosauce
0: yeah. Yeah. Can't we have exosauce on no, the menu now? Well, we're coming for our um, staff that's right. Meal, I have so. a menu
1: for Ian that I'm going to send. Nice. You. Yes, okay.
0: So. Um, yeah, my wife was in last week and she's going in again like next week for lunch. We treated her
1: very well. Yes,
0: and yes. so that's why she's going
2: to keep <laughs> yeah. going back. Yeah.
1: You come to our restaurant, we'll treat you very well. Uh, I would concur. Um, okay. Yes. We okay. care about nice. local.
0: Let's uh, sign Round like, it out. Yeah. Thank you um, for coming. Yeah. Thanks for
3: listening. See, See you next, next time. Mm-hmm.